good morning happy monday morning we are getting closer to spring i hope that you are having some nice weather or at least it's coming soon I'm very excited for this week's episode. We are joined by my friend Diana and she has a great story because she found fitness as a way to help her with her mental health, with her OCD, with going through these hard times of, you'll hear it from her, but she had three grandparents pass away within eight weeks of each other and that's really when she turned to fitness and so today we are talking more about her story but what you can really learn from it is these techniques and mindset that she had around working out and how you can implement that in your life because she's also a fitness instructor for high schoolers so she kind of teaches some of the tricks that she does with them in today's episode so I think that you're going to get a lot out of it. But before we jump into the conversation, I appreciate your support. I love hearing the feedback from you guys. I've been having great conversations, you know, when you jump in my DM on Instagram and I really appreciate it. But what would really, really help grow this podcast too and really help me out is by telling a friend, telling a family member, telling someone who you think would really enjoy this podcast. You know, take a screenshot right now, send it over to them, letting them know this is a podcast you've been listening to and you love. If you're on Instagram and they're on Instagram, you know, just tag them in a post telling them to check it out. Invite them to the Facebook group if they're on Facebook. Just wherever they're at, make sure to tell a friend. That would really help support me and I'm sure that your friend would be really appreciative that you're thinking about them, helping them out too. So go tell a friend subscribe, and I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. Today, we are joined by my friend, Diana. She's a Boston-based coach, trainer, author, educator. She does it all. (laughs) She has a mission and goal to teach others the power of body and brain connection, how exercise can help with anxiety, and aims to end the stigmas around mental health and mental illness. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I am super, super excited. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your background. Yes, totally. So I, um, as you said, I am a Boston-based fitness instructor. I am actually going on my fifth year and I not only teach fitness and group fitness classes to adults, but I'm actually also a PE and health teacher at the high school level. So that's something that I really enjoy. No, that's awesome. Cause I feel like you know, a lot of people target health and fitness later on, you know, when it starts to become a worry, but you know, to actually start enjoying it when you're younger and have that in high school, it's huge. For sure. I know it's definitely something when I was in high school, it was not like talked about a ton. So now being able to like take it and talk to students about it, especially during the global pandemic, I think has been beneficial for them, but also a lot for me too. (laughs) Yeah, no. And so, you know, this is like your full life now teaching fitness. How did you get started in this? Have you always been athletic? Is this something that you found later on? I grew up always exercising, liking to participate in like just recreational sports. Um, But in elementary school, we actually did this thing called the mini marathon. And I will never forget, I was dressed, I was in third grade, I was dressed in like a sweatsuit, almost like this. And I thought it was gonna be cold that day, but it was actually 80 degrees. And I didn't have a change of clothes. I one of my friends like made fun of me. And I remember just being like, I need to get this race over with. 
Like, I don't want to be here. I'm in this pink fluff suit and it's 80 degrees out. So we did a mini marathon and I was like, you know, I'm just going to run as fast as I can to just be done. And that was something where I was like, oh my gosh, I kind of like this. And my PE teacher, who's coincidentally now one of my coworkers was like, wow, like you should, you should run. And it's so funny because he'll tell this story too, where he's like, I'll never forget. Like, I remember telling that class, like someone in this class is going to run the marathon one day. And that ended up being me because I just fell in love with running and exercising and kind of taking maybe even like negative energy and using exercise as more as an outlet to let go what does not serve us and hold on to what does. And then I played field hockey all throughout high school. And then I actually, for kind of cross training and also like almost like injury rehab, had started doing a bar class. And unfortunately, the bar studio went out of business. And I was 18, had gone through a couple of deaths in my family and followed one of my favorite instructors over to the studio that I work at now. And I remember taking a class and being like, oh my gosh, I love this. I was supposed to go away to college, but didn't end up going away to college. And that was when I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. I've always loved exercising. And that's kind of where my passion for exercising turned into a career. That's awesome. So it started just, you know, random day in elementary school. You just wanted to get it done with. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So how old were you when you then ran like your first full marathon? I wanted to run my first marathon when I was 20. That was on my bucket list. So I did it. My birthday's in the end of March. So I ran Boston right after I turned like a few weeks after I turned 20. Ah, that's awesome. And so I know that a huge part of your story too, with this physical health was also your mental health at the time too. Can you go into what that looked like for you? Totally for sure. So when I was a senior in high school, very randomly, totally not connected. Three of my grandparents passed away within eight weeks of each other. And I, since I was 11, was diagnosed with PANDAS, which is pediatric autoimmune neurological disorder associated with strep. So basically I got really sick with the swine flu, then had strep and it triggered like all these neurological symptoms. Then the big five of the symptoms are OCD, anorexia, depression, panic attacks, and anxiety. And those were kind of the big five that I'd experienced all throughout my life since I was 11. And when I hit 18 and all that happened with my grandparents, and then I was going to go away to school, but didn't, I reached this really low point where I didn't want to get out of bed. I wouldn't get out of bed. I keep the blinds closed all day and really just would not do anything at all and really couldn't do anything at all. And then once one of the trainers who was at Beatone at the time was like, you know what? I know the bar studio closed, but like come take a class, like just come try it out. And I ended up going and that was kind of what made me feel like, you know what? I'm going to take a class once a day, 45 minutes and have that be like my me time. And that's just what kind of pulled me out of the rut and the path that I knew I was going down once again. So I think that just finding fitness and being able to use that time is like, you know, I'm using this time to get strong. I'm using this time to build strength and also motivate myself to eat because you need to eat in order to still be strong and perform. So that's something that really helped me 
get through and realize how important exercise is to mental health. Yeah, I love that you were like, this is my me time. That's such a great way to look at it. And then it kind of, you know, like added that structure too, as you said, because you're working out, okay, then you have to make sure you're eating meals, you have to make sure you're resting. And so it kind of gave you that little bit, even though it's only 45 minutes of your day, it pulled you out, as you said. Totally, for sure. It was like something I would look forward to. That was like, I would usually take a class like in the middle of the day or towards the end of the day. And that was like my... I know I would either, I would usually either take like a noon class or the 415 class because that was like my, you can get to this point of the day or make it through to the end of the day and then you get to do this for yourself. So it's almost like my little like milestone for each day. I love that. And so that's kind of how you started that journey with going every day. How does it look like now? Is it something that you still are like, okay, I have to commit each day. Is it easier to find balance? What does that look like? Totally. So I definitely think that finding the balance super important. I think that finding balance with anything is super important. I tell students this all the time, as well as just talk about with clients is the balance between not even just like workout plans, like cardio and strength or balance between like what time you're spending for you and prioritizing other things like schoolwork, but also the balance between just how you go about each day. I know for a while, and I have been like talking about this on my Instagram recently, is I gave up any sort of fitness tracker and watch because it was turning into this, not really like chore, but it was just turning into this more like negative effect on working out where it was constantly like saying like, oh, you need to meet your rings or, oh, you've need to do this. And I was like, why am I listening to this little thing on my arm? Like it's making me miserable. I talk about like balance and I talk about like exercising once a day for you. And I talk about eating like a balance. Like you should have, I'm a full believer that you should eat a dessert every night, especially if you're working out. Um, and that's kind of how it kind of molded into the balance between finding my passion within exercising, but also making sure to carve out a little bit of time for myself just once a day. Yeah. Cause it's kind of hard to find that in between for you, if you're working out for your mental health, but then you're like, okay, but I don't want to be too hard on myself. Right. If I'm always trying to find the tracker, trying to like force myself into it. Yeah. So my new thing, especially for March because February was eating disorder awareness month. Now I'm like, you know what, in March, getting rid of the tracker. And I'm also thinking about, you know what, I'm going to listen to my body and work out when I'm not teaching and needing to do the workout with them, work out when it feels good for me. And if it's something that isn't going to happen that day, then I'm not going to dwell on it because we limit our potential by worrying about what we didn't do. So I'm kind of balancing out that mindset. Um, But one of the little things that I found, especially now that we're all kind of getting back to more of a busier uh, lifestyle post um, being in lockdown from from COVID is my little run to Dunkin' Donuts is like my little checkbox throughout the day. It's like my little milestone where I'm like, instead of the 45 minutes, it's like a quick five minute pop through the drive-thru. Um, and I think that's so important to have that balance, even if it's something like as simple as like getting a coffee, just that little check 
throughout the day of like, no, like I'm living my day. Like this is good. Um, I'm here. And I think that's super, super important. Yeah. No, I like how you think about that too, because if each day you're like, okay, this is a little thing that I'm doing for myself, then you can kind of like check back in with your day, right? It's not just like a whole list of like things I feel rushed with or to do, but also the things that you enjoy too. You've put in. Totally. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And so what do you find difficult about fitness and working out in general with your OCD? Because I know that that's like a huge part of your book and you help a lot of other people dealing with these issues. What struggles have you kind of run into with that? I think at first, especially with fitness, I was the person that would clean the machine like or equipment multiple times before using it. And then I would be like very aware of like anything that was kind of going on. If there's someone near me that like, I mean, now it's different, but if there's someone near me that like coughed, I would like be like, oh my gosh, I need to leave. Now it's obviously like a little different, but I feel like everybody's managing it really well. And um, I think one of the big things, especially with now, teaching and fitness is like just keeping myself and challenging myself in a sense where I am finding myself pushing myself to get uncomfortable in certain ways. So for example, it's one of my big things with OCD. It was again, cleaning or even like, like touching people, like any sort of hands-on corrections or even like public bathrooms, cleaning, I would do it excessively and it would also freak me out. And so there was a time where at the studio, we decided we were going to switch cleaning companies. And in my head, I was like, I'll, I'll clean the bathrooms. I'll clean the studio. And in my head turned into out loud. And that when we were like, you know what, that's perfect. You're there every day. You do such a thorough job. Um, You do like a little bit of an excessive job, but doing that actually got me over kind of my fear of like public bathrooms and cleaning. And that's something that I did. I started that before, before the pandemic, before COVID. So that was something where in my head, I was like, okay, I know this is going to be really hard for me to do this, but I also know that it will push me to be better and be more aware and get over some, a few things in terms of like germs and cleanliness. So that's something that I have been doing for over a year now. Um, people joke because they're like, your car has always been stocked up for like a pandemic or apocalypse. You were ready for this. Ready. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's great to hear. You know, you're able to be like, okay, I'm just going to push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit. And it was in this fitness setting. And then, you know, that grew. And now, I mean, also perfect timing <laughs> because of the pandemic too. But I know it's so funny. I had a client the other day say, she was talking about like, she's going out on maternity leave. And she was like, you know, I'd only trust three people. She was telling me, she was telling her husband that she's like, you know, I'd only trust three people like to watch. She's having her second kid to like watch the kids. And she was like, I'd say like my mom, your mom, and then Diana. And he was like the B-tone instructor. And she, she was like, yeah, she's so clean. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> That is so funny. And so I also love, you know, you talk about a lot too, is the mind-body connection. Can you talk about what exactly that is, what that looks like? Yes, for sure. So there's a ton of different aspects with kind of like the mind-body connection, but not only in 
just fitness in general, like obviously when you're working out, you think like mind, body, muscle connection, like, all right, if I'm in a lunge, I'm going to squeeze my hamstring, my glute and like fire up, activate that muscle more in terms of mind, body connection, just in general with any sort of self-care practices or even anything that you're experiencing. Like the brain is just so connected, especially to the gut. So obviously when we're anxious, we get stomach aches or we feel shaky or nauseous and things that we can do to kind of help that mind body connection is changing almost our path of thinking so that we don't have like a response bodily wise to how we're feeling. So something that I think has been like the trend for what I've been talking a lot about in my classes, both at the adult and at the student and athlete level is a lot about like, where are we directing our energy? So if you're doing something that is not feeling like it's vibing with you or you're not enjoying it, then it's kind of like, why are, why are we doing this? Like taking into account, like I want to work to disappoint myself last of me saying no to teaching an extra class or doing something at school is like, if it offends somebody, then whoops, like, I won't apologize for it because I am doing what works best for me within reason and also still obviously being considerate of others. And also thinking about like what energy serves us and if it's worth it to sometimes reply and act towards certain situations. So big thing right now, especially with students and just with people in general is kind of building and maintaining relationships during COVID and the pandemic and not even like not romantic relationships, but just with relatives, family, friends, peers, any coworkers, anybody. And thinking about like, okay, if behavior is communication and somebody's doing something I don't like or saying something I don't like towards me, instead of having like that body response of like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. I don't feel good now. I don't think they like me. I'm not doing things right. And almost having like that low funk type of feeling it's thinking like you know what their behavior is communicating to me right now they're going through something i'm gonna take the 24-hour rule not react on it and focus my energy on what serves me best because if i respond and the example that i've been talking about with students is say you want to hang out with a friend but one friend wants to say more safe because of COVID and with work and another friend's like, no, come on, hang out. Like, do you not like me anymore? And it's kind of balancing that of, instead of like trying to please them and putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation where you'll have that bodily response, but also thinking like, if they come back at me and say like, well, you aren't a good friend, like you focus on work too much, thinking instead of responding back, like, you don't work enough or you don't like just thinking of something you'd respond to defend yourself saying, you know what? I am not going to put my energy towards this because this is just going to make me more worked up. Taking a step back, giving it the 24 hour rule and then responding back using an I statement when there's not so much emotion. So I think that's kind of the big thing with mind body connection in terms of thinking about where we put our energy and what will end up giving us the best response for ourselves, but also for others too. Yeah. No, I love that. I've never really thought of it that way. You mentioned, you know, disappoint yourself last because, 
you know, when things come up or you're choosing how to respond, I think a lot of times, right, we take into account others' feelings so much more than our own, right? We're like, oh, like my friend wants me to do this or family wants me to do that. And then, yeah, you just end up disappointing yourself. So I've never really heard it that way. Totally. Yes, I know. I hadn't really thought of it that way for a little while, but it kind of shifted into a new, like, way of thinking after I gave up saying the word I'm sorry because I found that I would say I'm sorry so much and it turned into this almost like practice where like I would say I'm sorry for like being late or eating the last cookie at my house and I got to the point where I was like, why am I apologizing for this? If I accidentally run over someone's foot with my car, of course, I'm going to say I'm sorry. But if I'm running late or there's a glitch with technology that I can't control, I can't control traffic. I can't control technology. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. Like, because it's, that just in the end makes us feel like, oh my gosh, we're not doing well. But it's like, you don't have any control. (laughs) Yes, I love that. And then I love too how, you know, this is like a lesson that you're teaching your students in physical education class, right? But it's something that applies to, you know, adults listening to this who are like, oh yeah, maybe I should take notes about this. 100%. I know I'm like, there's so much that can be done right now with any age group talking about all this, especially with everything with like staying connected with technology and social media and just how there's so many different mental illnesses on the rise because of this almost like comparison, fear and fear of rejection or just staying up late to try to keep up with social media and with any age group, it's like, there's nothing to keep up with except continuing to push yourself. And it's challenging. And if you're struggling with any sort of mental illness, you reach out, you get the help you need. That's something brave and important to do, but keeping up and having the FOMO, I think I said that right the other day. I said like FUMU and my students were like, you're not cool. Like, Oh, I think I said that wrong, but apologies. Um, But like having that, like, you know what, I'm not really going to miss out on anything if I don't risk, if I'm worried about COVID and I risk going out with friends, I'm not really going to miss out because people usually forget what's really talked about with just casual conversations at a dinner table or on FaceTime at 2 a.m. Yeah, I love these reminders. Is there any one last piece of advice you'd love to leave everyone with? I think reminding yourself that even though right now at times it feels like maybe we feel like we're behind or we feel like maybe we're not succeeding at things because it still sometimes feels like things are on a standstill or a pause. It's important to remember that the things that we're worried and stressing about right now in the end, we're going to look back and realize like everything happens for a reason. It all ends up falling into place. When things are the most chaotic, that's usually when they work out the best because it all just kind of fizzles into where it's supposed to be. So reminding yourself to stick with, stay strong and figuring out what feels best in terms of what makes you happy and also remembering struggle equals strength and when you are struggling to push through persevere take care of yourself and also know you're you are building strength and character with that awesome I love that thank you so much for coming on today to giving us all this advice where can people find you find your book all of that awesome oh thank you yes so I 
Uh, my book is on Amazon as well as on the Barnes and Noble website. It's just called Yes You Can with my first name, uh, middle initial, last name. It's like a long Greek last name. Um, but you can find all of that info on Instagram as well, um, which is DSK8154. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast, at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.